Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, May 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking baseball today and, to be cliche about it, covering a few bases. In the leadoff position, you'll meet our new Royals beat writer, Jalen Thompson. He previously worked at USA Today, he's from Atlanta, and well, we'll let him fill you in on the rest. Star columnist Vahe Gregorian was also part of the conversation. We're happy to have Jalen aboard, and the first series he covered is just the second one won by the Royals this season. After a break, Vahe and I are back to chat some more. We spent Monday at the Joe McGuff ALS Golf Tournament at Lionsgate and had the opportunity to speak with George Brett and Tom Watson. Those Kansas City sports icons participate in this event every year, and both have had good friends suffer from this disease. We got a chance to catch up with Brett afterwards and talked about this being the 40th anniversary of the Pine Tar game. It was pretty good stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, let's get started with our conversation with new Royals beat writer, Jalen Thompson. Well, I've walked into a conversation on uh, on the 2016 Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, and we're doing that <laughs> while recording a podcast about baseball. So, Jalen Thompson, yes, welcome sir. to the Kansas City Star. You're here with Vahe Gregorian and me, and so how in the world did we get on the uh, Rio Olympics? Well, when I was in school, me and Vahe, we... We met each other at the 2016 Olympics. I was a student working for Team USA at the time. You know, I was only one of four that they chose. It was two from the University of Georgia and I think two from IUPUI. Okay. And I was ecstatic to go. Um, Professor Vicki McKay was, she was one that helped usher us to that point. And, you know, Vahe and Vicky are good friends. So we just kind of connected. And I remember we were doing archery and it's hot outside and people are shooting arrows and hitting targets that I can't do. But, you know, it was cool to watch. And um, I just learned so much from him and I'm happy to continue to do that. Well, it was it was a blast to feel your energy then and to feel it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, we're we're thrilled to have you here, and I'm I'm really happy to see that we've got the same bags from Rio that we're still both using. <laughs> yes, both a little weathered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometime one of us is going to take the wrong bag. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, I bet you have better stuff in yours than mine. So anyway, newer, newer, newer stuff, newer stuff, newer stuff. <laughs> in every way, in um, every way. But uh, yeah, Vicky Michaelis is a is a, a very close friend of mine and a, a friend of Blair's and uh, a friend of journalism that we've all been lucky to know for a long time and uh, taught you and mm-hmm. and Shreyas, uh, yeah, Shreyas on our staff as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Covers KU for us, so keep sending them along, Vicky. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, you are here to cover baseball in the That's Royals. Right. You are our new beat writer, and um, and as we record this. On on a Tuesday afternoon, as you go out for your second game, the Royals are undefeated. While you have covered them, so wow, right? <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, it was about a one in three chance, given their winning percentage, that you were going to cover a victory, but mm-hmm. you did a twelve to four win over the White Sox in the series opener. But uh, your let's talk about your your baseball background and interests. Mm-hmm. You, um, if I remember reading this correctly, um, you know something a little bit about the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that you say Kansas City Royals be reported because <laughs> I've always wanted to, you know, cover baseball and to hear my name associated with a strong franchise like that is really cool. 
But the Atlanta Braves, I mean, that's that's where I got my start when I was an uh, intern in 2017 with MLB.com. Even actually, I can I can go way further than that. I interned with the AJC and I did some Braves games. So then, just to be in the stadium and see the team and learn about the culture of a locker room and a clubhouse, that was something that I really took to heart. And I just it just baseball followed me throughout my career. And then I got to cover the World Series when the Braves were there. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's my heart. It's my passion, so I love it. Very cool. Yeah, so the Braves' uh, World Series triumph mm-hmm. uh, over, over the Astros a couple of couple of years ago. Um, what uh, did did you grow up a ball fan? Did you did you? Oh yeah, uh, Braves or any? yeah? Okay, definitely Braves. Um, my uncle actually played in the major leagues, so his name was Warren Newsom. He played with the Chicago White Sox. He played with the Texas Rangers. It's funny they always tell this story. Like when he first came up, he was in the San Diego Padres organization playing outfield. You know, he, his position was right field. But guess who the Padres had in right field? Uh, somebody named Tony Gwynn. You might have heard of him. So um, tough to displace. Tough Tony to displace Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, <laughs> yeah. right? Greatest so, hitters yeah. of all time. Yeah. So I remember hearing stories about him, and he had this nickname called the Deacon, and I think it's because <laughs> of his. I think. Um, Maybe it was Hall Carrollson that gave him that nickname or somebody <laughs> gave it to him. But he had great plate discipline. And at that time, I was like, it's just so cool that you know he had a professional athlete in the family. Um, he's my mom's brother, older brother. So I would hear all about him. And I knew I, I loved baseball because when I was six years old, I could determine the lineup. I knew every player. Um, my favorite player is Andrew Jones. I could know all his stats. I wore 25 when I was in Little League trying to be a center fielder. Um, but, um, yeah baseball was always a part of my heart and my passion is because there's so many things that can happen within a game that it's really you have it's it's a thinking man's game to a certain degree because what kind of strategy are you going to employ are you going to do x or you're going to do y and i think i just love that that synergy that you have with the game and the fans it's unpredictable so yeah baseball has been a part of me for a while i love it I'm with you on that. I, I think every pitch, I think mm-hmm. every pitch is its own story. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And you know where outfielders are positioned, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what what pitch is being called, and where the batter, what the batter's thinking on this count versus what he thought the pitch before. I, mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I think every pitch is its own choose your own adventure in, in a baseball game. And I, I'll give you an example. Um, I'll always remember Armando Galarraga when he was about to have his perfect game. And then the umpire stripped it away from him by making a bad call. That play stands out to me because that's what is baseball is all about. One play. No one remembers the the catch in center field to save the the perfect game. No one remembers any of that. They remember that one one gaff by the umpire. So I, what was the umpire's name? I forget his name. Oh, I have to look it up. But yeah, he became the story, and I feel like. Even as someone like myself, I was young back then. I still remember that to this day. So I just think those things are what really stick with you and what makes baseball great. How, how Jalen, how it must be uh, exciting, but also a little daunting mm-hmm. to just come in and get started. And now you're covering the Royals. How, <laughs> how, how do you go about um, preparing for that and, mm-hmm. and getting acclimated to that? You know, I have to lean on to you know being able to accept and embrace change. One thing that I think really prepares me is when I was with MLB.com as an intern, they're the, they have two reporters on both sides of the team. Well, if they, if they came to Atlanta and their main reporter didn't come, it was on me to go and 
parachute in and cover that team for that series. So it's just a matter of you know you have to know you have to stay ahead, know the, know kind of sort of the players and what's going on with that team. So what I've been doing is with the Royals, you know, kind of just hanging in the background, reading what fans want to read about, know about the team, like watching the game, seeing kind of the trends and whatnot, and then that has helped prepare me to um, really just dive in. But I think reading is the most important thing because. We all write great stories here at the Kansas City Star, and I've just been trying to just ingratiate myself with that moving forward. I love just hearing you say, we at the Kansas City Star, it's really great to have you be part of this. Yeah, it, it feels good to say. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, before I got this this new role, I always wanted to just hear my name associated with just a beat reporter or a great organization. And now... It, it feels good to say, but I know that the next step in the journey is continuing to just develop and be better and, you know, be a great teammate, and that's what I want to do. Well, that is wonderful to hear, Jalen. And uh, let's quickly, let's just a uh, couple of things. Mm-hmm. You uh, uh, spent three years at USA Today before coming here. Uh Year and a half. Oh, year and a half. Year what, and did, half. what did I have? <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, also worked at um, uh, several other places. Mm-hmm. But why don't you run them down? Okay. I got the list here. I'm going to check them off. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will start with right after school. So I went to the University of Georgia from 2013 to 2017. Then I graduated. Um, of course, I've learned under Vicki Michaelis, who mm-hmm. was my professor, sports journalism, stand-up. Um, after that, it kind of was a range of emotions because that's when I had the MLB internship after graduating. Then that kind of went away, and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do now? So I get a job um, December 2017 working at the lowest of that you can go, local high school sports, you know, you know, county, five high schools. But it was great because I was able to really get that one-on-one connection with families, uh, players, coaches, like I'm the only one there. Me and and the air. We're the only ones that's covering the team. So you Let me stop you there yeah. for a second. Be still my heart. Because <laughs> you started covering high schools. Yeah. I started covering high mm-hmm. schools. That doesn't happen as often as it used to. Yeah. It doesn't and, and I, I can I can tell where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's similar to maybe what Blair and I would say, which is that it was so foundational mm-hmm. and uh so accessible and, and really helped Mm-hmm. I'm assuming yeah, really yeah. helped you find your own path. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And like, no one can ever replicate going to a McDonald's and following the story <laughs> at, at ten o'clock <laughs> at no, night. That's right. You could not replicate that. You needed to find the Wi-Fi. Yes, or you're you're on the road and you're at a stadium that you don't know about, and you're trying to finish your story before they lock the gates, and but you're locked in. So I mean, this is so uncannily familiar, except just from different eras yes. when we would have to use the uh, Radio Shack candy and put the alligator clips on the uh, inside yeah. of the phone. But time, yeah. time has stood still. <laughs> but so. <laughs> it just it's it's great because that foundation of being able to multitask. You might have a swimming event, you might have a basketball game that's later in the night, or a volleyball game, and it's just so much. But I really like that because you enjoy the passion for what you do. And I tell this story all the time. Brian Branch is a player that just got drafted by the Detroit Lions. I wrote a story on him when he was a senior in high school. So to see him go and be an NFL player now, it it made me feel a certain type of way because I was like, wow, I watched his journey from high school to Alabama, and I saw him when he was 
in the process and developing. And that reminded me of me. So it's like you just you take where you, every opportunity that you can and you continue to grow. So from there, I went to the Alliance of American Football. And that that league, as you know, disbanded. But it was cool, too, because I got to see it from another perspective as a team reporter. Not so much trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with the players. But, you know, you actually were riding the planes and talking to them. You had all this access. So I learned from that side. That league disbanded. And I went through a period where I didn't have a job. And that was on top of the pandemic that was coming around, too. So went through that whole process. Then I got to the two two four seven sports. I did college recruiting and football. That was great. And um, I know Scott Chasen, who's our great assistant editor here. He worked there. He was covering Kansas, and I got to know him a little bit. Then from there, I went to USA Today, and then I used that platform to really develop my craft. Because now it was like I, I know I can do it at a national level, but I still had this hunger to you know want to cover a team. So that's what led me here. Very good. I loved your reference to, to Brian Branch, who mm-hmm. um, you may not remember this, but just uh, a week or so ago was taken in the second round of mm-hmm. the NFL draft when he thought he was going to be taken mm-hmm. in the first round. He was in the green room, and he was the one, the only player of the four first round, or the first, the four players invited to Kansas City didn't. who did, who were not taken in the first round. He was the only one who stayed. Mm-hmm. So he got to walk out on the on the um, you know to. Uh, be introduced in mm-hmm. the second round, and the fans here gave him a massive ovation. It was really cool. Yeah, and you know what's also cool about him? I remember writing his story. Um, he said, I want to be like Calvin Johnson. Mm. Calvin Johnson went to the same high school, Sandy Creek High School in um, Tyrone, Georgia, as Brian Branch. And now they're playing at the same organization yeah. where Calvin Johnson made his Hall of Fame career. So it's just cool to see how sports brings these stories together. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm really excited. I'm really excited for him. And I actually saw him when I was came to Kansas City for the NFL draft at the airport. So we had a great conversation ah, and talk. Great. So it's just cool how all that came together. But yeah, don't see those stories like is what I what I really love about sports and what I want to do with the world's be as well because it's just those connections and when you're sitting around when you get older you have your grandkids you're like you know i remember this young guy named bobby witt jr that can have like super super speed like he's like the flash out there running home in the first and then you just tell those stories like what you remember and what you see so it's, it's just those memories well, we are thrilled that you are connected to us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, and we're looking forward to working with you on the Royals or wherever uh, your work uh, takes you here at the Star. And excited to have you. Uh, and maybe the the first night result for the Royals will be a, a sign of things to come. So for sure, we'll see you at the ballpark. Yeah, I got a question for you guys oh, before okay. I go. go. Yep. Anybody, you guys know Bo Jackson? I would love to meet him. Because <laughs> Bo knows. A former colleague of ours <laughs> named Sam Mellinger, who I mm-hmm. believe you've met by now. Yeah, yeah. Is possibly the biggest Bo fan uh, on earth. Mm-hmm. Blair, you may have had, in your time here, you may have had some Bo, yeah, Bo have, time. Yeah, I've had a chance to, to chat with Bo a couple of times. He came back yeah, to Kansas a City years. Uh, a few years ago and was at the Royals Fan Fest and did a, 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 a talk at the Royals Fan Fest. And, and then we got a chance to, to, to talk to Bo. Now, he's, he's a legend, an icon. Um, he is the first, I don't know if the first, but um, he, he was one of the most unique athletes of all time, mm-hmm. obviously, as you well know. And 
Um, wish he had, st- wish he was able to stay with it longer. Mm-hmm. But the injury, of course, in the NFL ended his baseball career. And um, wow, just a you know he's kind of got a Paul Bunyan type of uh, uh, reputation. Just. Uh, you know, bigger and larger than life, and did things that no other mm-hmm. ball player did. And so, uh, Bo remains connected to to Kansas yeah. City, and uh, and it's it's great when he's when we see him. Uh, 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 didn't he throw out Griffey um, oh. at the plate? wasn't wasn't Griffey? Was, was, it Her- Griffey? was Harold Reynolds? Harold Reynolds, yes, it, from from the wall, from the wall in, <laughs> yeah. in, in Seattle, and uh, it was. The most incredible throw anybody's ever seen. The other, of course, the other Bo Jackson is when he ran up the wall. Yeah, in the yeah. catch. I think that was yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Um, or the time he hit the three home runs in, in, in Yankee Stadium and then injured himself uh, so he didn't get a chance to hit a fourth. But mm-hmm. um, Incredible. He, oh, and just the whole breaking the bat. I mean, that, that was superhuman strength. He'd break the bat over his leg after striking out. Anyway, Vahe's right. Go talk to Sam Mellinger. At, at the, you, you might have met him yesterday. Oh, yeah. But, um, the biggest Bo fan who, who ever lived. So, uh, Sam met Bo, I think, for the first time at spring training this year. He came through. And uh, it, 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 Sam's been around a while, but he looked like a 12-year-old. I think they, they surprised him. The Royals surprised him with the introduction. <laughs> and quick, one last aside on this. You know, Blair, you can again speak to this way better than I can, but until Patrick Mahomes became what he is on this landscape, obviously there have been some fabled athletes here. Mm-hmm. We saw a couple of them yesterday in George Brett and Tom Watson, but I'm not sure there's anybody that created that kind of buzz like Bo before Myth- Patrick. Well, mythical figure is what, yeah. what Bo was. Yeah. And I think the fact that his career ended as quickly as it did yeah, just yeah. feeds the, yeah. the the mythology of, of Bo mm-hmm. Jackson. Uh, if, if he had had a... 15-year baseball career, maybe he'd have had the incredible numbers. and But the fact that it was only five or six years, um, I, I think it's he just left you wanting more. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so now what we have are the highlights of Bo. I think and the other one, the all-star home run on the first mm-hmm. pitch of the all-star game in 89 <laughs> off of Rick Russell that I don't think has landed yet. That's the name one right there, yeah. Rick Russell. That's a name. <laughs> um, no, no, he, he, that guy created more highlights in his short tenure as a baseball player here in Kansas City than most people do in a maybe in a Hall of Fame career. So, um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, all right, so now... Jalen, mm-hmm. welcome to the Royals and Kansas awesome. City and the Star and everything, man. I'm excited. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Jalen. Mm-hmm. We are back on Sportsbeat KC talking baseball today, and that was fun talking to Jalen, wasn't it? It was. I, I kind of think of him as instant offense, and <laughs> and uh, uh, that's that's very infectious. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but we had our first Zoom call with with Jalen on there today, and. As soon as he started speaking, basically everybody on the Brady Bunch uh, <laughs> the squares there was was smiling, and and uh, I get the sense he'll have that effect on a room, and it's it's very refreshing. No, he 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 will bring the energy, bring the life to the party. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to working with him and for him working with the Kansas City Star. Yeah, same. The previous day, you and I were part of a small media contingent out at Lionsgate. Uh, at um, in Overland Park, I like to say it's the one home game I get all year <laughs> to co- to cover an event, the the Joe McGuff ALS Classic fundraiser golf tournament for uh, for ALS, and I've been going to this event 
for many years. I, I can't I can't tell you the year, but I know you have been participating in this as a media member, not not in the golf tournament, but as a, in the press conference for many years uh, yourself. And I, I, I always go in thinking, what what else are we going to talk about? What what can we talk about that that's fresh and um, and and although there are there, there is news about cures for this, and there was some great news about it uh, this year. I, I'm, I always leave feeling good, feeling better, and questioning myself, why did I you know, doubt that there was anything to talk about? Because the stars of the show, Tom Watson and George Brett, uh, are uh, they're, they're terrific when it comes to this, right? They're terrific in other ways, but certainly when it comes to this, they are wonderful spokespeople for, for ALS, and we get a chance to talk to them in a different kind of setting uh, here in um, at Lionsgate. So, long-winded way, Vahe, of getting to uh, your impressions of what you saw with George Brett and Tom Watson at the Joe McGuff ALS Classic. Well, I love how you how you set it up, Blair, and and you know. So it's funny. I've probably been, I think I've gone um, since I arrived in 2013. Uh, probably 2014 was the first time I went. So I've gone every year since then, and. I went by your recommendation or suggestion, and you've surely gone to 20 more of them. And that's a lot to go to and feel like you come away invigorated and fresh about a hard topic. And the reason, I, without putting words in your mouth, I'll put them in mine, I guess. To me, the reason is the authenticity, sincerity, passion that George Brett and Tom Watson feel about this cause that is, it's, they're not sort of, you know, we've seen examples of people just being like, oh, you know, spokesperson in name and um, not necessarily that interested, just kind of latched on to uh, something. But this, as as uh, our readers know, as you know, as I know, is deeply personal to both of them. And that's I think that's what makes it. So uh, George Brett lost his friend Keith Worthington, who uh, George met soon after he came here in 1973 and Keith had I think about an 11 year uh, um, battle whatever the right term would be with ALS and George saw every stage of that and George became very close with him um, I'm, every time I think of this I'm really moved that George has gone as far as to have on his statue at Kauffman Stadium I made a promise and I intend to keep it which mm-hmm. is to keep battling ALS Tom had a similar vow to his caddy, Bruce Edwards. Um, and, you know, they were very close. So they, the idea that these two saw this just cruel, insidious disease up close the way they did um, and felt, you know, so strongly that they would continue to dedicate themselves to this, I, I think it just, it really, it really resonates. I know we feel it, right? When we're sitting there, they talk about it. Well, how about... The um, so we've been established that we've been going for a long time. It's the first time mm-hmm. that I saw Tom Watson shed a tear. Yeah, about speaking about the topic. Yeah, and I was listening back to the tape um, yesterday of how that came to be, and and um, we were speaking with George and Tom both about how um, what they might have known about it ALS before it became this more intimate thing in their lives. And somewhere in there, George had spoken to the question. And what I realized in listening back was George cued Tom to speak directly about 
something more specific about Bruce Edwards' death. And Tom started, and he basically got a lump in his throat almost right away. And you're right. Uh, I've seen Tom very expressive in many different ways, but I've never seen that. And it was um, it was one of those things. It was it was enough to move you to maybe have, get a little misty-eyed. I can say I was because uh, of the depth of his feeling. I think also with, without fully understanding what hit him exactly, Tom at the time was speaking about being delivered the news of Bruce Edwards' death by his now late wife, Hillary. Yep. And I, I wondered if maybe the combination of those things was what was really striking for him too. And it happened at the Masters. At the Masters. The, the tournament yeah. he loved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, moving, absolutely moving stuff, um, emotional. Yeah, it, it was, um, I'm so glad I was there, and I'm sure you were glad you were there as well. Um, the other aspect of this event is an opportunity to speak to George Brett and Tom Watson, two of the four that I would put on the Kansas City Sports Mount Rushmore, um, about other topics. And, and we'll play this a little bit later. Uh, George Brett having a I don't well you tell me because I, I was talking to Tom Watson and, and you and Todd Lebo from from uh, WHB Sports Radio 810 were talking to George Brett and the topic of the Pine Tar game came up because it's the 40th year uh, of the Pine Tar game it happened on July 24th 1983 and George Brett knows exactly <laughs> the date that it happened and he'll, George will tell you why in a little while but uh, how, did, how did it come Well, up? what was funny was um, I hadn't known this till a couple of days ago, but when Vida Blue died, uh, I guess it was over the weekend, I saw uh, a, a close-up in the Royals' dugout um, of the scene precipitating the... Uh, <laughs> the charge. The charge. And um, it, it seems understood that, that uh, George was telling Vida his plan uh, for if, if this went counter to the way George wanted it to turn out and um, there was some colorful language about what, what he expressed to Vida and uh, then George followed up I think you could see the raging bull uh, um, <laughs> manner that, that, that reflected that um, and so anyway that led us to talking more about a little bit about Vida Blue uh, and a, a little bit about the, the sort of broader sense of that that uh, unforgettable time, and it's funny that struck you too. The idea that he knows that date, like I, th- I think in the sequence we'll play, that he um, he even spoke about how people want him to use that date on on autographs he signs. Well, that's uh, why like, he remembers the date because yeah. when he signs, and he'll tell you this when he signs photographs of the moment, <laughs> um, people want the date, and it's and so that that's why he knew it, and and you'll hear this as well, and I'm. When I think about it, I'm still amazed. Uh, there's, a, you reminded him that this year is another anniversary date that he apparently has given no thought to, which in my mind is a heck of a lot more significant than the Pine Tar anniversary. Uh, George Brett became a major leaguer 50 years ago this year, and. In fact, when you brought that up to him, and there was this pause, this awkward pause, <laughs> I'm looking at his face, and he could just all of a sudden his eyes open up. He goes, "Oh my gosh, you're right. I didn't. I, this was 50 years ago when I brought broke in." So uh, I, I can't wait for you all to hear that. But uh, anyway. that was funny, and what you know it was extra funny. I can't remember if you were back over there yet, but he had alluded 
one of the reasons that came to my mind, which was not the obvious reason, was that he had alluded earlier to, uh, you know, this being the 40th anniversary of the Pine Tar game, and he made some suggestion about how it'll be really meaningful when it's 50. And, you know, it, it didn't dawn on me at the time, and, and then a couple minutes later, I'm like, well, this could be this 50th. <laughs> and, and he did. He had, he had to do the math in his head, as did I. Um, but, you know, so it's kind of funny. All these things converge, and I guess if you get old enough, the, all these anniversaries kind of come together. But he's also turning 70 in a week or two. Right, um, right. And I think this is a, a, a pensive time for George. Yes, I can see that. Uh, um, okay, let's let's do this, Vi. Let's, uh, let's, you and I stop talking, and let's hear from George Brett. Uh, and always more entertaining than either you or I. <laughs> so, um, Thanks for uh, thanks for chatting, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks, Blair. But you, as you look back, you think of it, it; it's a classic moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm proud got, of it. I'm proud of it. It got bigger. You know, the there's time, so maybe, many. Right? There's so yeah. It, well, it will this year. It'll get, wait till fifty. I hope I'm around for another ten <laughs> fifty year anniversary. But uh, yeah, forty years. I didn't even realize today was this was the fortieth year. This year, yeah. yeah. July twenty fourth. Remember that. Remember the date, though, huh? That's, mm-hmm. that's Do you remember other dates? <laughs> you remember what date it was when you hit the home rock gossage in the playoffs? Yeah. But you remember this one? Well, because <laughs> they, they keep bringing it yeah. up. <laughs> you know, so many times you do, I've done a few autograph shows. I don't do very, I don't like doing those things at all. But whenever you, you do a private signing for somebody or a company and they say, hey, can you put the pint or date on it? You know, it'll be a picture of me. Like this, at the umpire or Joe Brinkman with his head up, with his headlock on me, and you know, dragging me back. And somebody's got Tim McClellan to sign it. They got me to sign it. They've got Joe, to, you know, because collectors—that's what they do. So, and a lot of times they got it. You know, I just hey, can you do the pine tar in the day? So I you know the day. Know. Yeah. You remember the first day in the major leagues? You remember that day? No. <laughs> this, but you know this? 1973. I know that. I don't know. <laughs> I know it was in Chicago. In Chicago. Well, that's there's your 50. Yeah. 50 years. Yeah. So oh my year. God. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to that one. <laughs> I'll be 70 on the 15th of May. I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Shout out to Randy Mason for producing all the episodes this week and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vihe Gregorian and for Jalen Thompson for talking baseball with us. There is no better digital sports page in the country than Morning Sports Edition. Today, 27 pages on the NFL schedule release, baseball, NBA and NHL playoffs, auto racing, and so much more. The place to find it is liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.